This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. So come with me, please, uh, to the word this morning, to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four. So just add a little thing regarding the shoebox appeal that Jillian just made. She mentioned that don't seal the top because we've got to check it. In case you wonder why that is, it's because over the years, uh, with the best will in the world, uh, oftentimes people put things into the box. We found tablets in the box. We find all kinds of things in the box that people mean well, they mean good, uh, but they don't always put in it what should be in it. So we've got to check that because we don't want a box going to a child and something in that that they shouldn't be getting or drinking or eating or whatever the case may be. So we always, always have to check that. That's the reason why uh, she said that. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and just verse 7 at this point. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The ESV version puts it this way. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The Good News translation puts it this way. Yet we who have this spiritual treasure are like common clay pots in order to show that the supreme power belongs to God and not to us. I was watching recently uh, a program on television called Aussie Gold Hunters. And if you haven't seen it, it's about people in Australia going out searching for gold. And some do it in a big way. Some have spent over a million dollars getting real big, heavy industrial machinery to go out and to scrape up that earth and to search it out. Others, like a husband and wife and daughter team, simply use uh, metal detectors. And this particular family was out one day scarring the land, and uh, they found something that was very, very unusual indeed. They found on an old mining site that had been mined about 100 years ago, uh, and with their new metal detectors that the old timers didn't have, uh, they found it was beep, 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 beeping, and they dug down and dug down, and lo and behold, they found a little bottle. And in that bottle was lots of little gold nuggets. And obviously, some old miner 100 years ago had found those and hid them in his bottle hid them in the ground, meaning to go back, but for whatever reason, never did get back to find them again. And a hundred years later, lo and behold, this family found this bottle full of little gold nuggets. And so for this family, this truly was treasure in an earthen vessel. In Bible days, there was no safes, there was no banks. And so it was quite common for into a clay pot and bury it in the earth if they were going away for a few days or, or perhaps they were scared of bandits coming and so they would bury their treasure. 
Jesus in Matthew 13 in one of these parables, uh, he alludes to this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, Matthew 13, 44. Like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. In 1947, in Qumran, Israel, which is just close to the Dead Sea, uh, shepherds found caves. And in those caves were large clay jars. And in the jars, there were scrolls, scrolls of Bible texts that proved very valuable to Bible historians to tell us what life was like in the first century of Judea and the birth of the church. And these became known, of course, as the Dead Sea Scrolls, earthen vessels having this great treasure in them. Paul here is writing to the Corinthian church, and they were well known for their clay pot making. And so he uses this as an example uh, to them and to remind them of the wonder responsibility and uh, uh, what we have uh, in Christ even though we are just simply the dust of the earth, that we have been given such an incredible, inestimable deposit of God in these jars of clay. Now imagine 2,000 years ago that the very Son of God entrusted the riches of his glory into jars of clay like you and me. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 6 he said, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so the Lord Jesus, when he went back to earth, entrusted so much to us, even though we are simply just clay pots. One old translation says we're cracked pots. Now, Paul is quite deliberate in his choice of words when he's speaking of clay pots here. Because in Corinth, which was a, a center for pot making, and they made them very elaborately and highly decorative. They would paint them, and sometimes they would encrust them with other materials. Unfortunately, it was only the rich could buy them. But the word that Paul uses here for earthen vessels, ostrakinos, Ostrakinos specifically is talking about vessels that are weak, vessels that are of poor quality of clay, vessels that were cheap, vessels that were fragile, vessels that were easily broken. Now, these were for common everyday use. These is for the ordinary five-eighths people. These were not for the rich people. And even if the rich people did use these, they certainly wouldn't put any of their treasures into them because they were too fragile for that. But here is the amazing thing that Paul is telling us here, that God trusts his best riches to the weakest of vessels. Thank you, Lord. God trusts his best riches to the weakest of of vessels. So no matter how weak a vessel you may feel today, God still entrusted his best riches to you today. Why did he do that? Why did he take the opportunity? Why could he not get other vessels why did he take us simply as 
weak human beings to entrust his riches? Here's the answer. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, so that he will get the glory. Amen. This is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 28, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the things that are wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. So God has deliberately chosen you and me, mere vessels of clay, in order that he can entrust his riches to so that he will get all of the glory. So that we'll realize this is not of us. This is not our doing. This is the work of God in us and through us. So in our text today, we see two things, don't we? We see the container and we see the contents of the container. The contents of the container is this treasure which is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God has shown in our hearts the light of his glory reflected in the face of Jesus our Savior. And he has put that within us. So we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit within us because we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We have his love. We have his goodness. We have his righteousness. All these are his treasures. In Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, Paul says that we have the riches of his glory and we have the riches of his mercy and we have the riches of his grace. What treasures are ours today? What riches has he put within each of us? And so God has entrusted his treasures not to angels who excel in strength, the Bible says, but to ordinary, easily broken, fragile clay pots like you and me. Clay pots, not much to look at, is it? In the eyes of men, it's not worth much. In fact, it may look like 8 billion other clay pots are upon the face of this earth. But what makes the difference is the treasure that is within us. That's what separates us. We're no different than other, other 8 billion clay pots in this earth. No different. Except God chose to put his treasure in us. And what a wonderful thing it is that he's chosen us for his treasure. So you are God's treasury on earth. You are where God has made his deposit, where God has placed his spiritual heavenly riches on earth. They're in you, inside you by his spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit on earth. 1 Peter 2, 5, Peter says, you also as living stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So every single one of us, God has 
placed in a position of importance in his kingdom to be his vessels filled with his treasures, to offer up spiritual praise unto him, to glorify him on the earth, to be his people on earth and his kingdom. Amen. Amen. But this treasure is in us for a reason. It's not just to make us feel good, although for sure it will do that. But Paul gives us the reason for this treasure within us. In chapter 4, where we started there, in fact, let me begin reading from verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. What ministry is he talking about? Well, in chapter 3, he talked about the ministry of the law in the Old Testament. And he talked about Moses receiving the commandments, the Ten Commandments, which was a ministry of death, he says, because it condemned everybody, because nobody could keep it. So we're all under condemnation. But he says that ministry of condemnation, of death, he says it was so powerful that when Moses went up the mountain, when he came back down again, he had to wear, wear a veil over his face because he was glowing with the glory of God. And he says that was under that old ministry of death and condemnation. So he says, how much more then is the glory of God under the ministration of grace and the Lord Jesus Christ? And he says, that's the ministry that God has given us. And it's better than the ministry that Moses had. It's far better than the old ministry that was in the Old Testament. God has given us this new ministry of his grace and his glory. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. There was people, when Paul was away from Corinth, had sneaked into the church, and they were false teachers. And they came in with great letters, proclaiming who they were. And the Corinthians were suckered into receiving them to the ridiculous place when Paul did want to come back to Corinth at one point. They said, well, where's your letter? He says, you're my letter. If you read the first of that chapter, he says, you're my letter. But he says, not written with ink, but written in the heart. God wrote his name in your heart. You're my letter. He says, I don't have to prove anything to you lot. He says, I want you to Christ. You're my letter. But then he goes on here to say in chapter 4, he says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But... We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And so we have this treasure for a reason, that it may shine to others, that we may impart something of the treasures of God to those around us. That's the reason for it, not just to make us feel good that we have it 
and it's wonderful. And it does make you feel good that you're saved, that you're born again, that you're filled with the Spirit. That's wonderful. But there's a bigger reason than that, just not making you feel good, but so that you can share that treasure, that you can give this treasure. Uh, the Bible says that we, we reach forth, we hand out, we stretch out the faith. We have faith to give away. We have faith to share. We have something of God's riches that we can impart to others. That's why we have it. So what are we doing with these riches? Are we just treasuring up for ourselves to enjoy or do we share it with the world outside the four walls of this building? And then he goes on to say, and I like this, he goes on to say, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the actions of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Now, I want to read that again only with this thought in mind, with the thought of the treasure that he's just talked about. So let's look at that again. We're hard-pressed on every side, but because of the treasure that is within us, we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but because of the treasure that is within us, we are not in despair. We're persecuted, but because of the treasure that is in us, we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but because of the treasure that is in us, we're not destroyed. You see, the treasure makes all the difference us. It's the treasure that keeps the pot. Normally, it would be the pot that would keep the treasure, but in our case, it's the treasure that keeps the pot. This is why Jude said, verse 24, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The spiritual treasures that God has entrusted to you that will bless you, that will bless others around you, will keep you. Jude said, will keep you from falling, that he may present you faultless before his throne. So this treasure has all kinds of uses in our life. Apart from blessing us and blessing others, it will keep us do you understand that God has put something within you to keep you? He's put his spirit within you. He's put faith within you. You remember what he said to Peter, knowing that Peter was going to fail. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. I know that you as a human being will fail me, Peter. I know that. I'm warning you, you're going to do that, even though Peter didn't believe it. He says, that's not the real issue. He says, I'm praying that your faith doesn't fail. That that deep down inner conviction that I am who I say I am, that that will not fail. And that didn't fail, even though he failed. And even though he denied the Lord. But actually, he had still faith. Because when Jesus came and forgave him, what happened to him? He became a mighty man of God. You see, that seed of faith was still in his heart. So you may have failed. I have failed over the years many times, and you may have failed, but your faith hasn't failed. And you're still here today. In spite of failing, your faith hasn't failed, and you're still in the kingdom of God to this very day.
The New Living Translation says, Now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Now when it comes to seeing ourselves as clay pots filled with treasure, then we need to be careful because we can make a big mistake here. We can give too much credit to the clay pot at the expense of the treasure within it. You know, we need to be careful about pride because we can end up saying, see what I have done for God. See how much I have achieved in God's kingdom. See how well I have served. See my zeal. See my dedication. I, 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 me, 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 my, my, my. And whenever we do that, whether consciously or even subconsciously, if we do that, then we're given more credit to the clay pot than we are to the treasure in the pot. See, Peter was like that, wasn't he? Though all these forsake you, yet I'll never forsake you. In fact, I'll even die for you. You see, he measured himself by those, and they did measure up to his high and lofty opinion of himself. But he was going to crash and burn, wasn't he? Because he had put so much confidence in the clay pot. He didn't think he could feel, but he did. Jesus assured him he would, and he did it very quickly. Paul, on the other hand, although he acknowledged that he did accomplish more than all the other apostles, yet in spite of all his accomplishments, he had this to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, that he was seen by Cephas, or by Peter, that is, then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep, after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then, verse 8, then last of all he was seen by me also as one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Ah. I have been crucified with Christ, he says, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. And so we see here that Paul is acknowledging that no matter how much he has done, he's acknowledging his status as a clay pot with all of this treasure. In Ephesians 3, 
Verse 1, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Note this, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints. Notice how he's, he's, he's condescending. Notice how he's condescending. He says, I'm the least of the apostles. Now he says, I'm less than the very least of the saints. To him less than the least of all the saints this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery from the beginning of the ages that has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. And then uh, further to that, of course, uh, then we see also in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 1st Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11 following 1st Timothy 1 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry although I was formerly a blasphemer a persecutor and an insolent man but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Note this. Of whom I am chief. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me first... Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe in him for everlasting life. Of whom I am chief. I'm the least of the apostles. I'm the least of the least of the saints. I am the chief of all sinners. So here is a man who even though he acknowledges that God was using him in a powerful way, but yet it was the grace of God. It was that heavenly treasure within him. That's what was doing it. He was simply a clay vessel, but God had filled him with treasure in order to minister. And that's the only way you and I can minister through the treasure that God has given us. And so notice he made absolutely sure that God would get the glory, not himself. Now here's something else that he encourages us regarding our treasure. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, you don't need to turn to this, it's just the one verse. Philemon 1 verse 6, that the sharing, or the King James says the communication, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. How? How would it become effective? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. 
Did you catch that? That the sharing of your faith, that the sharing of what is within you, the treasures that God has put within you, will only become effective by the acknowledging of those good things that are within you. That's what he's saying. The New Living Translation, I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. How? As you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. And so the sharing, the communication, the giving out, the ministering of all that is within you will become effective commensurate to how much you acknowledge what is within you. If you don't know what is within you, how are you going to give it out? If you don't acknowledge what is within you, how are you going to, how are you going to share that? How are you going to communicate that? So he says, look in. See what God has placed in you. Look at what you've got. Then you'll be able to share that much more effectively. Ephesians 3 and 20, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. How? According to the power that is within us. <laughs> See, there's that treasure again. And so yes, our pot may be brittle. It may be chipped. It may be cracked. Although the outer man is perishing, the Bible says, yet the inner man is you need every day. But it's pleased God to fill us up with his treasure. So don't just look at your ordinary, plain, everyday clay pot and allow it to either puff you up with pride and say, look what I've done for God, or else so discourage you that you'll look and say, well, who am I? I'm nothing. I'm just an old cracked pot. How could God ever use me? I'm just ordinary, ever, everyday, garden variety type. That's just me. I'm nothing special, nothing to look at. I don't feel of any great talents. But when you do that, you're not looking at the treasure that God has put within you. And that's what you have got to acknowledge. If you want to glorify God, then you've got to acknowledge the treasure. And then you've got to communicate that and give that. Acknowledge the treasure within. Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1 7. The word of God in you, Colossians 3 16. The Holy Spirit within you, John 14 and 16 and 17. Faith is in you. Grace is in you. God's gifts is in you. Ministry is in you. It's a treasure that God has placed in every person in this room or that's listening to my voice as a believer. God has put great treasure within you. Yes, we look at the clay pot. And yes, it's not much to look at. And yes, it's getting older, many of us. And we're at creaking gates at times, aren't we? Do you ever feel like a creaking gate? I feel like it often these days. But nevertheless, the Edward man may be perishing, but inside it's full of treasure. And when I recognize the treasure that's in me, then and only then can I give that away. And so... I can make one of two mistakes. I can look at myself and think I'm something super special because of this great clay pot I have. Look at my clay pot. It's wonderful. I get all puffed up with pride. Or else I can look at it and say, it's terrible. It's awful. It's useless. It's hopeless. I can do nothing. I am nothing. And forget about the treasure that's in you. And so each and every single one of you today, 
are full of God's treasure. So let's not just focus on the old clay pot. Let's see what's on the inside. And let that shine through. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for your beloved saints today. Every single person in this room that knows Christ. Everyone that has God's Holy Spirit, that's sealed with the Spirit today. Lord, you have filled every one of them with your treasures. Lord, we don't understand why that you would take us, frail human beings, when you've got mighty angels. And yet, Lord, you chose us to express these treasures to shine your light. And Lord, we realize it is so that you will get the glory. So Lord, would you be glorified in us and through us? Lord, would you use us as your vessels? Lord, where we are in our job, in our home, in our community, in our neighborhood, in our school, in the factory floor, in the office, wherever we are, wherever we go, Lord, your treasure is there. Lord, help us to see what you have deposited within us, that we are your treasury on earth and that we're filled with good things, the good things of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, send your church forth today, clay pots as we are, but yet full of your treasure. Lord, that we may influence and even impact those around us for the glory of God for the service of the Master, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.